You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumer. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumer. Uh, you know, Mary, Aaron Rodgers went down in defeat uh, over the weekend with the Green Bay Packers. And there are people who think his vaccination status had something to do with it. <laughs> I, I, my favorite one is that uh, Aaron was doing his own research on uh, uh, the defense of the San Francisco Giants, whoever he played. But <laughs> 49ers. I, 49ers, that's right. My real question on that is, I think Aaron, looking back, might say, you know, I made kind of a mistake in the way I handled that vaccination thing. And I only say that because sometimes you and I, the sibling talkers, we make mistakes. We do. And let me say, I'm not much of a watcher of football, but I do think that Aaron Rodgers is not a guy very capable of admitting to mistakes. That's just me. And yeah. I did hear just to follow up on that, that um, someone say that Twitter was made for these moments that they just blew up smashing on Aaron Rodgers, which I thought was super funny. But anyway, I wanted to do, it, it's not a correction so much as a clarification. Remember the other day we were talking about the insurrection, whether insurrectionists are allowed to run for public office. Right. And I said, I don't know how you figure that out or how do you disqualify someone and yesterday, that was explained in the New York Times. Um, so what would happen, This so we have this, this is his name, Madison Cawthorn case right. right now. And so what happens is that the challenge is made by citizens. So, you know, however that citizen group is put together. And then the... Uh, commissioners from his district, the election commissioners, make a decision, which is then appealable and appealable all the way up to the Supreme Court, actually. So it's it goes through those administrative processes and then into federal court. And that decision on him has to be made before the primary, which is May. So um, that'll happen very quickly. The thing I realized in reading that is that only applies to members of Congress in the Senate. In other words, it's a qualification for being a congressman, like age is a qualification, or you have to live in the district as a qualification. So you know how the Constitution has very few qualifications for office holders? That is one of them. And the reason I say that is that would not apply to Trump. Because it's not a qualification to be president. The only qualifications to be president are you have to be 35 and you have to have been born in the United States. So Trump... I think the Constitution says any idiot can be president. Exactly. And, and that, you know, luckily we've seen that proved out. But um, I just wanted to clarify that because it's been something I've been thinking about, like how how are these processes going to work? And it's one thing to have a congressional committee and have hearings and, you know, they talk and they investigate, but what are the, um, what are the, what's the end result of that and what power do they ultimately have? So at least okay. on that issue, it's resolved. Gotcha. I would like to make a clarification in my introduction. 
I suggested that you had made a mistake that had to be corrected. That's not really true. You were simply bringing additional information to this. Right. So I, I have to, I'm the one with the correction, not you. Well, the thing is, is you know how we just talk off the top of our heads or as some people would say, out of our ass sometimes. Something and then, like that. And th- instead of researching before we have discussions. So this was an after the fact. Yeah. This happens to me sometimes like, wow, whatever I said probably wasn't right. <laughs> and then I have to keep like looking and digging and thinking about it. But the answer to that came smack to me yesterday when I was reading the newspaper. Okay, what was on my mind today, this may put you in a spot again, because I had a question for you. I don't know that it's necessarily a lawyer question. Maybe it's the logic of a lawyer question, but you may find yourself grappling for uh, a clarification afterwards. Riddle me this, Riddler. Uh, the, The Supreme Court says that Donald Trump no matter what he thinks, cannot exercise executive privilege. This is with the matter of uh, withholding the documents there. Right? I'm saying true right. so far. Well, he now, said yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, certain persons uh, in his group, I think Mark Meadows, uh, others have said, uh, and Bannon said it earlier, Darn it, we would love to come help you all over there at the committee, but Donald Trump instructed us that he's exercising executive privilege, therefore we can't do it. Isn't that what a couple of them said? Well, I think um, the clarification that needs to be made, and I'm not sure anybody has the answer to this yet, is that vis-a-vis the documents that were created as part of his, of Donald Trump's um, job as president who that are then transferred to the archives. And it sounds like it's some automatic process that transfers those emails, written drafts, how, however they get to the, the archives, that there's no executive privilege for those. In other words, those things belong to the American people, because they're created with our time and our money. So does that extend to conversations that he had with these folks, Meadows, Bannon? I think Bannon, we know that was a false argument anyway, because he didn't work for the government. And just because Trump calls his friends for advice, that wouldn't extend executive privilege. But we don't know the answer to that either. But it does seem to me that these guys claim or Trump's claim for executive privilege, whether it's even Mark Meadows is weaker now. um, If it was strong at all, after they decided no executive privilege for the documents at the archives. So you can extend the logic and say, you guys are going to have to testify. That's, that's my guess, but I, you know, I don't know the answer to that either. And I'm not sure anybody really knows the answer except in the minds of the Supreme Court. You know, what was interesting about that is only one of the justices um, voted to keep that, those documents um, privileged. And that was Clarence Thomas. 
Clarence Thomas's wife, Jenny, had a profile written of her in The New Yorker by Jane Mayer, an amazing reporter for The New Yorker. And I don't know if you've had a chance to read that yet. It's probably more something sitting on your desk. And um, Jenny Thomas is heavily involved in all these really conservative um, think tanks and influence groups. And there's a growing chorus of people that wonder how much he's being influenced by her. And so there's a lot of interesting issues there. Like one, when should he be recusing on certain cases? Two, is that influence, um, you know, overriding his job to be a fair arbiter of the constitutional questions brought before him? But another, and it didn't say this explicitly, but I thought this, what's the role of a spouse when you have two power spouses and one is in a position of such influence as Thomas is? So it's a, I really recommend it. It's a, it's a really interesting article, but it also tells you a lot about the court and the influences of conservative thinking on the Supreme Court right now. And that's important as we go forward on this uh, January 6th stuff, because these issues are going to continue to come to the court because the Trump people are very litigious. Oh, they are. As Donald Trump once famously said, sue them. <laughs> I think that's a direct quote. I think it is. And I think that the other thing Trump has said that's come back to bite him a little bit <clears throat> is that only guilty people take the fifth, and everyone around him yeah. is starting to take the fifth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's just not working out as well there. I mean, one of the interesting ones uh, in the midst of all this is his daughter, Ivanka Trump. And I, if there is no executive privilege for her, is there a daddy-daughter privilege? <laughs> there, is, is that- there is not. But did you- <laughs> Again... You know, we have, we don't laugh as much about the Biden people as we do the Trump people. And that's something I miss a little well, they're, bit. They're just not as funny. I'll they're tell you not. The and they don't say really funny things like Trump said, OK, this is the he's talking about how illegitimate the uh, January 6th commission is. And he said something like, and now they're going after the children. I think Ivanka <laughs> Trump is a lot of people, but a child is not one of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and let's remember you're the one who gave her a job in the White House. And I know you can sanctimoniously say, but she didn't take a salary. Oh, for God's sake. She's there. She's working. She's giving you advice. Uh, she didn't need the extra money to buy a handbag. That's that's it. Uh, Ivanka, if she ends up testifying, if that goes, goes on, I think there's a lot to say. And... It's going to be awkward. I I mean, I suspect she'll do just what you said. Take the Fifth Amendment. And then Daddy will say, I hate it when you do that. But, you know, it's interesting, though. For for some reason, she's one that it wouldn't surprise me if she testified. One, she thinks she's the smartest person in the room and that she'll outsmart all those people. Two, she's on this project to save herself you know, her husband, their reputation. And three, um, it's like marketing for her. 
I don't know how else to say that. You know, she'll wear one of her Ivanka clothes. Like you said, she'll have her handbag. I just think these people, they're always worrying about themselves. But if that happened, John, and she testified live to these hearings they're going to have. Now I heard they're going to be in early spring. So I guess that means March, April. John, that will be must-see TV. Nobody would miss that on any side of the aisle because she's Ivanka Trump. She's like a star in her, her a child star, obviously, according to her father, but a star nonetheless. I mean, I wouldn't miss it, would you? No, no. And I also want to see the dramatization that's done later in the series, American Crime, <laughs> the FX series. And I want Lisa Kudrow to play Ivanka. Oh, my God. That is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> right? I, Lisa's a little bit older, I think. Yeah. She kind of look alike a little bit. She does, but she's maybe a little too old and too, I don't know, self-aware. Yeah. You know, what's, what's interesting, though, is that for um, Trump, those hearings could really be bad. And the real thing I mean about that is that Trump is losing his luster among the base. His coming out and saying that he was um, vaxxed and boosted. I'm saying, <laughs> oh my God, these people are hilarious. Some people on TV that are being interviewed, it, it, there was an article about this in the Times yesterday about people like being really mad at him about that because that's a critical issue for the Trumpiest of the Trump voters. And he has betrayed them. So you can imagine like they have these hearings and Ivanka comes on and says, well, I tried to talk to my daddy, but you know, he, he wouldn't budge. And, and you know, that group of people, whoever they are turning on him. And when that happens, Trump will make the decision not to run again. And I'm going to make a prediction here on whatever date this is, January 24th, 2022, that Trump will not be running for president in 2024. Because, yeah. We heard it here. We did, because between now and two years from now, which is when the primaries would be going on, starting to go on, um, his, you know, the, the glow around Donald Trump will have faded and the people that are out to get him, you know, the DeSantis that really want to hurt him will have just chinked away enough and the committee will have hurt him by then too. That's just, that's just me. Plus after two years of Republican rule, you know, if they win in 2022, mm -hmm. um, they'll be back to not looking like such a great party. Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned Ron DeSantis, uh, the thing that's been in my mind, but not just Ron, is Ron is not the only guy who would like to be president and think it's his turn. There's a pretty good list of them. And, you know, Trump has kind of defended against uh, uh, the Cheneys, uh, the uh, I'm going to forget the guy from uh, from here in uh, Kinziger, from here yeah. in uh, Illinois. Sass. Yeah, they sass those group. Uh, well, they're all, you know, they're really kind of Democrats. They're rhino Republican in name only. But what he hasn't had to do is defend himself against the crazy right. And 
if you get, I think her name is Christy Nome, the governor right. of South, uh, South Dakota, some of these people coming at, at you, then very, very quickly, Donald Trump starts looking like Sarah Palin. Oh, <laughs> I am a, I am sorry we have to go, John, because this is a great conversation. <laughs> it is. And we're just warming up to some of the really nasty things we can say. <laughs> oh, well, we got it in us, John. All We're right. Not... Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.